The nine to five is evolving and working from home is becoming an option for more freelancers or even full-time employees. So this week we're asking, what's it actually like to work from home? And how do you get anything done without getting distracted by cute puppy videos on the internet? Welcome to Figuring It Out, the podcast for millennials navigating life in our 20s and 30s. I'm your host, Melissa Guller, and each week we explore a new topic on work, relationships, lifestyle, and more. Have you ever worked from home? Maybe it was just for a day while New York City was covered in snow with no subway service. Or maybe you're starting to freelance more and working from home is becoming a norm for you. Or maybe you were like me in 2016 and 2017, and you managed to find a fully remote company to work for full-time. Those are becoming more common than you think, by the way. And really for any of these work-from-home scenarios, my biggest question has always been, how do you get anything done? And what does a work-from-home day actually feel like? Well, I have a little bit of experience, but today we have Hillary Sutton here to help us answer those questions. By the end of this episode, you'll learn some of the biggest benefits to working from home and Hillary's surprising answer to who she thinks would thrive in a work from home setting. Then, of course, we'll also address the biggest challenges, like how to stay productive, and we'll also get into a few specific tools and suggestions to help you live your best work at home life. Now let's meet Hillary. Hillary Sutton is a writer, speaker, and consultant, passionate about helping people spend their days in work that is wildly fulfilling. She's the host of the podcast, Hustle and Grace, and the author of several eBooks and courses, including More in Less, 21 Productivity Hacks for Creatives. Hillary has worked with clients ranging from Broadway shows to nonprofits, large and small, creatives of all stripes, and consumer brands. She is a contributor to USA Today, where she writes about careers, and Hillary and her husband live in the D.C. metro area. So Hillary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so excited to be with you. Me too. So can you just start off by telling us a little bit about your career journey so far? Yeah. So I am a person who has always liked a lot of different things. I studied journalism and music and theater and English all in college. And so upon graduating, um, I did some performing at regional theaters up and down the East Coast. Um, I sprinkled in a little bit of freelance writing, um, a lot of random little like side hustle, side gigs kind of things. And, um, and then to really make ends meet, I worked retail and that was all, you know, good and fine for a couple of years. Um, but then I realized that I really wanted to, um, go back to school and just to get some, to have some more options. You know, I graduated right around the time of the great recession. And so there were hiring freezes and everything was just like a little bit more difficult um, at that time than it, than it has been since. And so um, I think it was 2011 when I went back to grad school, I studied communications and um, it was actually kind of like the perfect time to go back and study media because that was when social media kind of became like a viable career option sort of for the first time. You know, prior to that, it had been like Facebook was for college students and companies didn't really understand how they could use 
social media as a marketing tool prior prior to that time. And so I went back and I studied um, social media and um, communications. And it was around that time that I began getting some more legit freelance writing clients and um, some social media management clients. And so um, that was sort of how my like, freelance career um, began. And part of the reason that I wanted to go back to school was because I wanted to kind of get some stronger skills that I could take anywhere because I always really valued working from anywhere, having autonomy. As an actor, I wanted to be able to go on auditions in the middle of the day. Um, I wanted to just kind of like build my own schedule and be one of those workers who it was more about like what they got done than when they got it done. Um, And so I graduated uh, from grad school around 2013. I had begun to get some freelance clients and social media and content writing. Blog writing was also really big at the time. I was doing a lot of that. And um, I started a blog um, on my website, hillarysutton.com. And I started writing about social media, productivity, personal development, writing tips, some marketing tips, things like that. And that really blossomed into um, kind of my, my my personal brand really kind of was a, it was a jumping off point for, for that, for the growth of that. And um, in 2015, um, I launched my first in-person workshop. It was a blogging workshop um, that was really based off of ideas that I'd cultivated on my blog. And so from there, I started, um, I created a few other workshops some um, online courses. And um, so now um, my career is a real hodgepodge of um, freelance content writing, copywriting, um, a little bit of social media consulting um, when I feel really passionate about a certain client. Like I I work sometimes with um, Broadway shows and with things in the theater world because that's just like a fun passion of mine. And, um, and I do, I do some public speaking and leading, um, courses around freelancing, um, side hustles, um, personal brand and, uh, and using media to really, um, create the life and the career that you want. And, um, just this year I launched a podcast called hustle and grace. Um, and that's an exploration of time management, um, building margin into our lives and finding creative and career fulfillment. So that's been really fulfilling for me <laughs> um, as as just another way for me to connect with my audience and to continue on this sort of like quest um, to um, create a really fulfilling career and a fulfilling life. So that's kind of my career journey so far. Oh, is that all? <laughs> <laughs> well, oh that's, the, that's the nutshell. I mean, that's like, a, that's like 10 years in, you know, two minutes, I guess. So yeah, it seems like you've really kind of tried quite a few different things and I'm sure being a freelancer and like working from home has really empowered you to try more out than you would in any kind of traditional job. Yeah, I think so. I think that like, I never really felt the comfort of like the nine to five full-time clock in, clock out, go to my desk, get have the normal commute, whatever. Like I never really got into that routine. And so I don't really know what I'm missing in a way. Um, and like I said, like even when I was an undergrad, like I, I couldn't settle on just one thing to study. So I think some of us are just like wired to do a lot of different things. Um, I think it's just kind of in my DNA, my personality. Um, and, and that can definitely, you know, have its drawbacks, but for me, it gives, you know, it keeps like spice in my life. And, um, I like to have that variety personally. Yeah. So I think that's a nice segue right into the meat of the episode, which is talking about working from home. So, 
to give listeners a tease of what's coming up, I'd love to hear more from you about, you know, what you really love about working from home. And then maybe we can talk about some of the challenges and how you get through those. So just to start, what are some of the benefits that you've noticed about working from home? Yeah. I mean, for me, it started out like, like I mentioned before, just wanting to have kind of control over my day. Um, the idea of going to an office and sort of having, having to commit to one thing, one employer, one focus all day, um, was something that was challenging for me, especially because I did have some non-traditional career aspirations. Um, when I first pursued working work from home opportunities, it was because I wanted to be able to go to auditions in the middle of the day and, you know, perform in shows in the evening and maybe sleep in if I needed to after. And as I've gotten older, um, that's not as big a part of my life anymore. I like to do, you know, maybe one show a year, which is like, you know, a six, a six to eight week kind of commitment. Um, that's kind of like the sweet spot for me at this point. Um, but yet I still, I've, I've really loved the autonomy and the flexibility that comes with working from home. Um, I certainly don't have, you know, a manager kind of like, you know, poking their head in my office and saying, what are you working on? That's not something that happens for me. Um, if I want to, you know, go to the gym in the middle of the middle of the day, that's something that I can do. If I want to get started, you know, two hours early, finish two hours early, like that's something that I can do. If I want to get a little bit done in the evening, I can. I mean, there's always like the flip side of when you have the work from home life, like you can, you can work too much, but it's just a matter of like creating boundaries. But I think that also like when you work from home, um, I really work, I equate working from home with maybe doing more than one thing. I'd be interested if there was like a study, I'd be interested to know um, how many people who work from home are, have side hustles. But for me, there's a lot of potential for growth for financial growth. Cause I have a lot of control over my schedule and I can take on additional projects. Um, and for me, Two other things are that um, when I'm working from home, I really have an ability to focus. And I know that not that most people are like, what? Like, don't you feel like you need to like check the mail and, you know, do the dishes and different things? Well, for me, I have a set space that is my office at home. And when I go to that set space, I, I'm really able to focus and I don't even think about those other things. That's just the way I'm wired, I think. But also the thing probably that I love about working from home the most is that it's really not, for me, it's really not working from home. It's having the ability to work from anywhere. So at least a couple of times a week, I work from different locations. Um, I, I live right outside of DC. So a lot of times on Fridays, I'll like wander into the city and I'll work from maybe the Library of Congress or um, the atrium at the National Gallery of Art or, you know, unspeakable amounts of coffee shops. Um, so I really like that it gives me some variety. I think that that's probably what I like the most. Yeah, I think you brought up so many great points from the flexibility in your daily schedule to just the differing workplaces. You can kind of get a change of scenery. And I really liked what you mentioned too about the fact that you can try so many different things out. I would say that's a pretty major difference from any full-time job, probably space independent, whether you are working remotely or in a full-time office where you really have to focus on the one job and the one manager and the team that you're on. When you're a freelancer, when you're taking on different projects or even a side hustle, you really do get to try new talents, new interests in a different way. Yeah. And I, I think that 
when you're in a full-time role, you're, I would think that your sort of career goals are probably a little bit different than when you are maybe a freelancer who does a few different things. Like I don't have aspirations of, you know, getting a promotion within a company and eventually becoming a VP and that, that kind of thing. Like that's not on my radar. Whereas someone who has really committed to a certain company, I think they have like maybe a different career trajectory. For me, it's kind of like about expanding out rather than up. Um, And that might be a difference. That's such a great point. I think this is worth noting too, though. So your experience working from home has been various uh, freelancing and it's a lot of your own work in various projects. I've had the experience where I worked full time for just under two years for a fully remote company. And there were 40 of us and we were all working quite literally all over the world. And so I do think that's a misconception is that there's no such thing as a full time fully remote position. It's actually becoming a lot more common. So it really is. Yeah. There are a lot of different options that, um, the full time, if you still want something like, you know, the, the benefits that come with a full time job or the stability, or like you were saying that aim up a career ladder, you can still do that. And there are Mm -hmm. ways that you can find remote opportunities for it. Um, but certainly a lot of the benefits you mentioned come more on the, the freelance side. Um, so kind of along those lines, who do you think would really like thrive in a work from home environment? Any certain professions or certain types of people? Mm. Well, I think people with really kind of specific values. I think that there are a lot of professions in which you could work from home. I mean, just about like any kind of knowledge worker, I think could work from home. I mean, if you have to, if you, if your work deals with working with clients face-to-face, that's going to be more challenging. But even that, you could probably set up your own practice and use Skype and that kind of thing. But um, as far as people who I think would thrive in a work-from-home career, I think there's a few different things. Like, I think it's a, it's a mix of being very self-disciplined and also really valuing independence. So people who value autonomy, you know, if you're energized by making your own schedule, um, if you like non-traditional hours, I think those are things that are like, if that is really rewarding for you, then a work from home career would be a really good fit. I think, um, people who are highly organized, you know, if you really need outer accountability to get things done, that it's going to be a struggle. So if you're a person who is really organized and like I said, self-disciplined, I think that a work from home career would be a good fit. Um, and also people who, are really cool with alone time. Like I'm definitely, it's interesting. I'm an extrovert for sure, but I'm, I'm also kind of like a play hard, like a work hard, play hard kind of personality. And so when it's time for me to work, I really like a super quiet environment, a really controlled environment. I'm a writer. And so I really, that, that's sort of like the environment that I prefer um, to really get into it, like a deep think state. So I really don't mind um, working alone for, for most of the time. I do like to sprinkle in like lunches with friends and like different things like that to get that, that socializing. Um, but I think it's important if you're going to be a work from home worker, you have to like know that you are going to spend more time alone than you would if you were in an office. Um, I think people who, people who count the cost of trading, earning potential or benefits for freedom. I think like, like I just mentioned, um, a lot of times in work from home careers where you might, um, be 
freelancing or doing like a few different things, or even if you are working for, for one company, um, sometimes you're really trading other benefits for the benefit of working from home. So for me, you know, it it's possible that I could be earning more if I was just with one company and working my way up. Um, but for me, you know, an, an important benefit of working from home for me is that I do have that freedom. And so that's a choice that I've made rather than, you know, um, you know, having benefits from like one company, I have like this great benefit of working from home. And I sort of have figured out my own way to like, you know, um, contribute to my retirement and things like that. Um, so I think that that's probably, um, you know, something that is important for people who want to work from home. And then I think like, there are some like personality things like being actually maybe even like a stronger, having a stronger skill of being able to connect with people. Um, people who are really intentional about connecting with others, I think is a skill um, that you need when you're working from home. And that is a really strong asset because I think if you're a part of a remote team and maybe you can speak to this, you have to be even more intentional about building um, rapport with your, with your team or with clients or whatever. So I think if you are really a people person and you can figure out a way to convey that over, um, over, you know, online or digital media or whatever, I think that that's a really strong skill. Um, and then I think it's really attractive to people who, you know, have an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, if you, um, if you're really drawn to, you know, non-traditional hours, you know, the road less taken, what have you, I think that you'll find some real fulfillment in working from home for sure. Yeah. I think you made so many great points, but the one in particular you said about being really great at communication, I think mm -hmm. might be a common misconception. Like working from home does not equal working alone. Right. You still have to either talk with your customers. You have to be trying to find new work. If you're a freelancer, mm -hmm. if you're like me, we were working with this remote company and communication was critical. I mean, I was managing five people remotely and an extended wow. team of 15. And so we really had to get creative, not just with communicating about work, but I really believe people want to do business with humans. You want to know a little bit about somebody. So Absolutely. a big challenge I had to deal with was how do I build rapport and just get to know people remotely when we live hours and miles and miles away from each other. Totally. What, uh, I'm curious to know, um, what tools you guys use to collaborate? Like, did you have specific software that you used? Mm -hmm. Great question. We used Slack as our okay. primary form of Love it. written communication, but something that our team did in particular is that we always tried to get on video. Mm -hmm. So we were using Zoom was the tool of choice, the video conferencing tool. Yeah. And Zoom is great because not only are any, you know, video tools great, but we would do weekly Monday meetings. We would do an icebreaker and different team members would get to pick, you know, what three fictional characters would you use to describe yourself or what's something you believe that most people don't. So they kind of range from silly to a little bit thought provoking. Um, but something great with Zoom in particular is it has this feature called breakouts. So if you're in a larger group of, let's say, the 15 people we had, you can actually use breakouts and it'll randomly put groups of three together. And then just those groups of three can talk and then you can all come back together as a group. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And I think what's important about that is just, you can imagine 15 people on a video conference. It's very hard to really have a conversation with anyone the same way yeah. that in a room of 15 people, it kind of naturally breaks off into smaller groups. Totally. So I think when you're working remotely, just kind of imagine 
that you're still in a room together and see if you can find ways to have regular conversation and to literally see each other on video. And to your point earlier, I'm I'm a little more introverted. So I did not mind being at home and working sure. in my own world or going to coffee shops. But something that it did for me was it shifted the load of being around people all day and having mm. a long work day where I was around people, which I do enjoy. I really enjoy my full-time in-person job now. Um, but that was still a little bit more draining for me. And then after a long day at work, I'd want to go home. But when I was working remotely, after a day of work, I would want to go out and be with people. Mm. So that was a nice shift for me. And so I think introverts, extroverts alike could really enjoy a work from home environment. I think it depends more on the qualities you mentioned. Like, are you comfortable working alone? Are you comfortable communicating? Do you want that kind of autonomy and the freedom in your schedule? Um, because it is a lot more loose than being in an office. There's a lot less direction depending on what you're doing. Even if you're full-time, you're still just kind of left to your own devices. Very true. Very true. So let's talk about what is your day-to-day look like? I know when I was working remotely, people always asked me, do you just work in bed in your pajamas? And I was like, definitely no. I would get <laughs> nothing done. Yeah. I still would get up in the morning and you know, like work out and put actual human clothes on. Um, but what does your day-to-day look like? So for me, I definitely put on clothes uh, in the morning. It's a must. It's like a mental space thing. Oh yeah. I mean, I think I think anybody who works from home predominantly would have to do that. I think maybe if you have, you know, if you work from home like one day a week, then maybe you just want to like stay in your robe all day. I don't know. Um, but for me, it's definitely like kind of like a, a trigger in my brain. Like, okay, now we're going to work. Um, but one thing that I like to do is. Um, one of the one of the beautiful aspects for me of working from home is that it, it eliminates um, a commute. And I, I in in the DC area, a lot of us um, do have cars, and we spend upwards of an hour on the Beltway driving around. So for me, I feel like I have this like bonus of having like two extra hours back in my day. And so one thing that I like to do in the morning before I even like open my computer is to start the day by either taking a walk outside or doing some kind of exercise, maybe listening to a podcast while I'm doing that or taking some time um, to read and to journal. And so, you know, in the past, I have to confess that there have been times where I've been that person who sort of like wakes up and like goes right to my desk and like gets started right away. Um, But I found a lot more um, fulfillment and like some sort of like peace of mind and some balance when I don't get started right away. And so I usually get started maybe an hour after I get up, hour and a half, something like that. Um, so I usually start the day um, doing something that's sort of like life-giving for me. Um, and then I usually um, get started like into like a deep state of work around like 9 a.m. or something. And um, I like to stop midday um, for lunch or for exercise or whatever. But it's not unusual for me to really get into a flow and work until... 2 p.m. and then notice that it's like two o'clock. And so maybe I'll have like a late lunch or something. And then I usually wrap up somewhere between five and six. And then um, I go downstairs and prepare dinner, which is like a really nice mental shift of still doing something productive, but it's doing something, you know, um, that's tactile and just uses a different part of my brain. Um, I think it's really important for people who are knowledge workers and who work from home if, if that working from home, it looks like sitting at a computer um, to, ha- to 
to be intentional with putting like things in their day that uses a different part of their brain, whether it's going for a run or whether it's like cooking dinner and like chopping up vegetables or whatever. I think it's really important to sort of have that balance. So I try to, to sprinkle in those things that are just really different um, in my day, at least I would say probably three times. Um, and that kind of gives me balance. So that's kind of like a typical day for me when I'm from, when I'm working from home. I mean, a, a couple of days a week, like I said, I'll go out and like either work a half a day um, from a coffee shop or something, or I'll go into the city and just spend the whole day um, working, you know, from, from different spots. But when I'm, when I'm working at home, it really is kind of like being in my home office for the majority of the day and then sprinkling in like some things that kind of like shake things up for me. Yeah. I like how you intentionally mentioned the way that you have your morning. It's that you don't just like jump right into work. You have something that kind of eases you in. And also the cooking or the something that eases you out of it. Because something I noticed when I was working remotely is that I really had to set boundaries. Like when you're working from home and your home is your office, you mentioned you have a home office, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. I, I live in Manhattan. So my so apartment was just one blob, but I had a desk that I only sat at when I was working. Mm. And I even had two different user accounts on the computer so that I could log out when I was done for the day, because that was something, well, it's something I struggled with at first was like having boundaries because I was in my office work home blob all the time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I loved what you said about like the tactile things. Like for me, cooking became really important because it was something that didn't involve a computer and was very different from my everyday job, just being on a computer and using my brain. Yeah. For me, I have, um, my, my home office is a loft. It's actually sort of like above and to the right of my bedroom. So I can kind of look down over the railing and like see, see my bedroom. Um, but when I'm up here and I'm, when my butt is in this chair, it's like this mental, it's like a click in my brain. Like I know that I'm at work when, when I'm in here. And I actually recently was reading, um, the, I don't know if you've, if you've read this, but it's like the 10 commandments of sleep from the world sleep society. And one thing that they say is like your bedrooms should just be for like sleeping and being intimate. Like don't bring, you know, your computer into your bedroom. And I think there are probably a lot of people who like, like, especially if you, if you have like a small apartment like that, it might be kind of hard to not like grab your laptop and like just do work on your bed, but it's really better. And it, it really helps your brain sort of organize like, okay, this is, this is a place where I do work. And so I should be in like a work mode. Then this is a place where I sleep. And so I should be in a sleep mode. So I think it's really going to be helpful for people if they can have those designated spots, even if it's just like a corner of the living room with like a specific chair and a specific desk. I think that can make a big, big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Even my, I mean, I call it a living room, but it was like the corner where the couch was. Yeah, (laughs) I made sure I didn't ever bring my work over there because certainly on Anytime I was like relaxing, I would bring the same laptop and just, you know, goof off on the internet. Sure. But I made sure I was never doing work in all the areas of my home. So I think that's another maybe work from home misconception is I think most of us who are working from home regularly, we still have like designated work spaces and work habits that create, if not a physical space, a mental space that says, okay, like I'm working right now. Totally. Like different work zones. I think that's, that's a really important component for sure. Let's talk about kind of while we're on this topic of things that work well in the working from home, let's talk about some of the 
challenges that workers from home face and maybe what you've done. And so maybe to start, I do have one listener question from Veronica and she wants to know, how do you use your time wisely without being distracted by the internet? Which I'm sure is a question on a lot of people's minds. For sure. I mean, that's a constant struggle. But um, to answer your initial question, I think challenges for working from home are, to me, they're kind of threefold. Like one is probably the the one that comes to mind the most for people who don't work from home. And that's being distracted by non-work activities. So being distracted by like all the other things that can feel productive when you're at home. Um, for me, that's something that I sort of got over by, um, by really building this space that's just a workspace. And so I'm not seeing, you know, the piles of laundry or like the dishes that need to be washed or whatever. Like when I'm in my workspace, like I'm at work. Um, so I think being distracted by non-work activities is a challenge. Um, for me, the, these other two are, are more prevalent. One is um, getting into the habit of never really leaving work. Um, I think when you go to an office, and especially if you have like a desktop at that office, you can literally leave your office and leave your work and you can't take it with you for a lot of people. Um, of course, there's always like email on your phone. But for me, working from home, I could always do do a little something to to you know um, to grow my business or um, to help me reach my goals for the week. Um, and so I have to be pretty disciplined about having sort of a set schedule because it, it is easy to get into the habit of never really leaving work. And I think part of um, you know combating that is having a designated space, designated time, and just having that self-discipline. And then I think that probably the third challenge is just feeling isolated. And so you have to be intentional about, you know, seeking out, you know, getting lunch with friends or colleagues, picking up the phone and um, talking to someone that you want to connect with, being involved in Facebook groups. That's how I connected with you, Melissa, Mm -hmm. um, was being in a Facebook group and finding like something in common. And then that, that translated to, well, I guess it's not like a real world, uh, relationship because I haven't met you in person. Um, but it's something that's more substantial than just like commenting on a post. Um, and so I think you have to really kind of be intentional about, um, you know, doing things that help you feel like having that hyper awareness of, you know, am I feeling more lonely or, um, kind of dragged down or more bored in my life because I'm working from home five days a week. Okay. What can I do? What can I do proactively to combat that? Um, I think that's, that's a way that, um, that you can combat those challenges. And then to answer Veronica's question, mm, okay, this is something that I have like really studied and, and worked hard on figuring out techniques for this because I am the worst when it comes to like, you know, I'm stuck on like I'm mid sentence, like writing something, but like I haven't totally figured out what I want to say. And so let me just like scroll through Instagram for a second while I'm thinking. <laughs> um, so I can, I mean, I have the, moment app on my phone. And I'm, it's jarring when, when I get a report of how much I've been on my phone. Um, I'm not even prepared to admit like how much it is. Can you Um, tell us what the app does? Oh yeah. Sorry. The, the moment app tracks your screen time. If you have an iPhone, I'm, I'm sure that there's an Android version too, but there's, um, I think you can maybe pay like a monthly fee or something and you can get even more specific um, details of which app, which apps you're on and for how long. But I get like a daily report that just says like, here's overall the hours and minutes that you had your phone on 
during the day to day. And for me, that, that also includes like, if I'm using my GPS or whatever, just anytime, like the, the phone is like in use, it, it tracks that. And so, um, I think for most of us, it's probably more than we anticipated. So that, that has been a good and, and challenging, um, reminder of how much, um, I've, I can, you know, mindlessly scroll when I'm bored or whatever. So techniques that I use um, to use my time wisely and to get things actually done, I use the Pomodoro technique. And so um, so what that is, is setting a timer for 25 minutes. This is the thing that I, this is like my trick for when I'm really stuck or, you know, maybe it's a Thursday afternoon and I just feel depleted of focus. Um, I set a timer for 25 minutes and for those 25 minutes, um, I have to just sit down and do the work, like have whatever that document is open or whatever that project is open. And I can't get up. I can't look at my phone. I can't check social media. I can't check anything that's going to give me like a dopamine hit. I have to just do the work and it's only 25 minutes. And I know that. So I know at the end of the 25 minutes, I get a five minute break where I can do whatever it is. I can go get a snack. I can do a happy dance. I can, you know, check Instagram because we know there's probably something fascinating has happened in the past 20 minutes, 25 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, the Pomodoro technique is awesome for me because it really helps me like get over that hump of just like getting started on something when I'm, when I don't feel motivated to. And usually like by the time the end of the 25 minutes hits, I'm like kind of on a roll and I don't really want to stop. So that's, that's been really good for me for using time wisely. I also, I'm really passionate about having a detailed schedule and time activating my day. So I don't really work by a to-do list. I, everything that's like on my list of things that I need to get done, I put it into a specific time frame on my schedule for the day. So right now I have like every hour of my day, let's see, Every hour of my day is pretty much blocked off until 9.30 tonight. Like I have some kind of concept of like how I'm going to be spending my time. And it's not like a rigid thing where, you know, if, if something comes up, then I, the day is just screwed. It's not like that. It's, it's, it's a moldable thing, but it gives me sort of like a template for this is how I'm going to spend my day. And this is how I'm going to, you know, make time for not only the things that are urgent, but also the things that are important. So, I mean, I have, you know, like emails that I need to write, like it's all on my like daily schedule, daily calendar. And then I also, I use, um, I don't have a planner, a paper planner. I want to be a person who has a paper planner. Um, but I, I just really, I, I use my, my, uh, laptop, um, as really my brain for everything that I do that I kind of just need everything here. Um, and so I use the Gmail calendar app. I use a three-week view, which is like a custom view that you can choose. And so that gives me... Then I don't really ever feel like if I have a deadline that's coming up in two weeks, I'm never like totally surprised or shocked by something. Um, it just It's a really nice view for me. It's just having like 21-day 21 21-day 21 view. And then um, also for using time wisely, having a designated space for my work, like I've mentioned 300 times in this conversation already, um, is critical. And um, something new that I'm trying just this week is time tracking. So Laura Vanderkam, um, she's the author of the book Off the Clock and 168 Hours. And she's um, a productivity expert that I love. Um, one thing that she has 
had people do is track their time in either 15 or 30 minute increments so they can see really where their time is going. And so that's an experiment that I'm doing actually this week. Um, I'm tracking exactly how I'm spending my time kind of like from sunup to sundown. Um, and I'm, it's going to be an interesting experiment to see, you know, am I being as productive? Do I work all the hours that I think I work? Um, and like, what can I change and, and adapt? So I think it's kind of, you know, it's having this like experiment of constantly kind of seeing like, what can I do better? And, um, and how can I, how can I uh, adjust things to really be more productive and more focused? Um, I know that I'm, I can vouch, you know, as a person who really feels happier um, and more fulfilled when I do spend my time on the right things. And so that's kind of like a constant sort of like goal and, and hope for me personally. Yeah. What I love about all of your suggestions is that really anyone could use them. Anyone totally. in any job could use the Pomodoro technique. Certainly I'm a little bit afraid to get any of those apps like moment because I know it's bad. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. You don't really want your phone be. shaming you. I understand that. Yeah, exactly. For sure. But I think something that um, people don't realize before they're working from home is that it doesn't feel like a novelty when you're working from home all the time. Right. It's your everyday life. And so quickly you realize that if you're a freelancer, you have to get work done in order to earn money and make a living. And if you're a full time employee working from home, you know, you're home every day and same thing, your work has to get done. And in fact, one of the freeing parts about being remote and full-time is that my work was measured by just the effort and the uh, contribution I was making to the company instead of just clocking in and clocking out and somebody judging me based on how many hours I was in the office. Right. Yeah. That not that refreshing? Like mm -hmm. I just heard someone talking the other day about like, well, this person doesn't work that hard because like she always leaves right at five. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything, mm -hmm. you know, like, it, like if you get here before your boss and you leave after your boss, like that's supposed to indicate that you're really contributing to the company. Like, I think your, your contribution and like, and your work should be measured by the results, not by like showing up and like, you know, get into the parking lot first in the morning. Yeah. It's funny. I kind of joke sometimes that we wear this like badge of busyness. Like people mm -hmm. talk about how busy they are as though it's this badge of honor and something to aspire towards. But personally, I would rather achieve like an outcome. I would rather say that Absolutely. I did something really great or really helped somebody or did something great for a business or for a customer. And that does not necessarily, I can't measure that by how long I was in an office. Absolutely. And my hope is that, that that's the future of business, you know, that it's, it's going to become more and more outcomes based because really like our, you know, the, those traditional work hours, they come from like the industrial revolution and from people, you know, working on the line in the factory, you know, that back then, you know, how long you stood there really, really mattered. But now it's just different, you know, it's, it's a different time. And I hope that, you know, as, as offices and, as um, the work world continues to evolve, people get more of an understanding of that, that it's more about outcomes than it is about, you know, showing up and clocking in. Yeah, I have the same hope. And one of my favorite things about the working from home prevalency, it feels like it's becoming more available, is that it empowers more kinds of people to have more kinds of jobs. Mm, so totally. certainly at my last company, we had some, you know, stay at home moms and now they can hold down a full-time job with benefits because they can work from home. Totally. So, it does free up people to have different kinds of lives. And that's, that's really exciting. Mm -hmm, it is. 
So before we wrap, I do want to ask, are there, you mentioned moment and a few other things, but are there any other tools that you would really recommend to anybody trying to work from home? Um, sure. Well, for me, um, like I mentioned, I, I love the Google suite. Um, using uh, Google Drive is a great way for me to share documents and to get real-time feedback from people via comments. And um, the Gmail calendar has a function where you can have um, a color-coded calendar with different calendars all together, and you can customize that. That's something that I love. Um, What else? I really love the Buffer app for scheduling social posts, um, so I don't have to spend all day on social media. Um, And um, I I mentioned Laura Vanderkam's book, Off the Clock, has tons of great um, productivity and time management tips in it. And it's really about um, feeling less busy while getting more done, which I think is just a beautiful um, concept. And um, something that that I've been a part of um, is work at home school, um, which is this, this entire sort of like um, online education that you can get. There's a few different packages that you can purchase, but that's basically a collection of um, a lot of e-courses on um, creating careers working from home. And so um, I have a course um, called Get Your Dream Off the Ground. That's a part of that. Um, and so I think probably if someone wants to pursue working from home, that might be a great place to start. And um, yeah, I, I think that those are probably um, a few places that people can can check out. Those are great suggestions. And we'll make sure we get links to everything in the show notes. Awesome. Um, and before we wrap, uh, kind of along the same lines, are there any maybe books, websites, apps, or other resources that you've just been enjoying that you would recommend to listeners? Mm. Can be about anything. doesn't have to be about working from home. Yeah. Um, I'm loving podcasts these days. Um, same. Oprah just started. <laughs> right. I know. This is, it's so on brand. It's cliche. I know, but um, it's not. It's fine. Yeah. Oprah just started a new podcast called Masterclass. I don't know if, you, if you've heard it. It literally like started last week. Oh, and where she does like a deep dive with people who are just like masters of whatever kind of career they have. And she did an interview with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. Okay. I'm not like in his demographic. Like I know that he's like a huge movie star, but I don't see his movies like it his work hasn't really interested me, but his story is so compelling about how when he was a teenager, um, he was just kind of like a punk kid who got into trouble. And then one day he had a teacher who was like, you should come um, be on the football team. And that kind of like changed the course of his life. Um, Having someone who even after he had treated them rudely, they saw potential in him. And now he's this, you know, incredibly successful, you know, top paid movie star. Um, if, if anybody just needs a little dose of inspiration, um, checking out Oprah's new podcast and listening to that interview, I think, I think it would be, um, really inspiring. Oh, that's a great suggestion. I'm definitely going to check it out personally. Cool. All right. Well, any final insights you'd like to share with listeners before we go? I think just, if you're interested in working from home or if you are already in a work from home career, I would just encourage you to make time every day for something that brings you joy. Um, in Laura Vanderkam's book, she talks about that having a daily vacation. Um, and I think like if you work from home, you do have the option of having a little bit more ownership of your time and a little bit more flexibility. So making time instead of just like 
waking up, going into your home office and working till you go to bed again, like make sure to have some sort of like little, maybe 10, 15, 20 minute daily vacation, whether that's like playing an instrument or playing with your dog or going outside or doing something where you just unplug a little bit and do something that's, that's joyful and that's life-giving. Um, I think that that can really make a huge difference for someone who works from home. What a great note to end on. Well, thank you again, Hillary. This has been such a pleasure hearing more about your work and your tips about working from home. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks so much for joining us this week. You can see links to everything referenced in today's episode, including Hillary's website and podcast, Hustle and Grace, in the show notes at figuringitoutpodcast.com slash 12. Now, before we go, I do have a small favor to ask. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love to ask you for a five-star review in iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. Reviews let iTunes know that people are enjoying the show, which means that we'll rank higher in search results and it'll help me work towards my ultimate goal of sharing great knowledge with as many people as possible. You can leave a review right in the Apple Podcasts app on your Apple device, or you can go to figuringitoutpodcast.com slash iTunes to leave a review. Obviously, I want you to be honest, but again, if you are enjoying the show, I'm so appreciative in advance for a five-star review or your feedback on iTunes so we can keep reaching more great listeners like you. I hope you enjoyed this episode about working from home with Hillary Sutton. I'm Melissa Guller, and you've been listening to Figuring It Out. See you next week.